I think the Mets' avenue to competing next year is easier if Justin Verlander is on this team. The caveat to all this, if the return is so enormous, obviously you got to reconsider. And Billy Epler sort of did that in this press conference. When asked about, okay, what's next? He said, we're asking for a lot. And I like that. See, I'll compliment Billy Epler. I like that. I like him basically saying publicly, we're not giving guys away. We want a lot back. There are certain guys, push comes to shove, 6 o'clock Tuesday, you better deal. Tommy Pham's played his last game as a Met. And no offense to Tommy. Tommy's played well. Tommy Pham reminds me of other Mets who have been here for a short period of time, played well, and then you max out on what you got from them. Marlon Bird was like that. Remember Marlon Bird? They had him for a short period. He played well. No one thinks back to Marlon Bird in any kind of negative way, even though didn't he get busted for uh, PEDs, I think, soon after? Uh, I thought he got it before. with And after. With- both. Oh. <laughs> Not yes. my problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't have any negative feeling towards Tommy Fan, but he needs to be traded. Mark Hanna probably needs to be traded. I I hope Carrasco has value, but my God, he he has been so bad in his last two starts. Saturday was a joke. And granted, the game did not start off well. First play of the game, he gets a ground ball to third base, and Mark Vientos can make a throw to first. And he did give up an infield hit to Candelario right after that. Mendick made a pretty good play. But then he's given up three straight hits. He's given up a sacrifice fly. And then down 4 nothing. My thought is, okay, at least settle down. And he can't even do that. Gives up the RBI double to Candelario. Gives up the two-run double to Riley Adams in the third inning, which let that game get out of hand. His last two starts, two and a third, two and a third, 18 runs. Now, nah, that's that's an exaggeration. Not 18 runs, but close. It's not far I, off. Ev, I got to be honest. I don't think he's got any trade value, but I think come Tuesday, you DFA him and just say, see you later. Because at this point in time, I'm I'm not even joking, like, even if we, you know, sweep the Royals or two games under 500, like, really, we the, the flag has been waved. We are not going to make this magical comeback. And if we do, I'd prefer to see it with some young kids and trying out some different people that we haven't seen rather than watching college Carrasco go blow a game in, in two innings. I, I agree with you. Assuming Verlander is here, Verlander... Quintana, another guy I'd hold on to because he signed for next year. One year, $13 million is a steal. He really is. If you trade Quintana, again, you have to replace him, and you're not doing it for less than one year's $13 million. You're not. So I don't trade him either. So I would run out there Verlander, Senga, Quintana, McGill, Lucchese, and I'd consider Mike Vassell. Vassell has not been great at AAA, but he's close enough to the major leagues where I don't think it would be a rush job anymore. He pitched fairly well at AA this season. He's made a handful of starts at AAA. He's the young guy you give a look to and almost give him the experience of being at the major league level. And for Lucchese and Tyler McGill, it's almost last chance. It's almost last chance theater. And I would keep David Peterson in the bullpen because I think it would be intriguing to just see what kind of bullpen PC can be as an audition towards 2024. I would be, and that's exactly how I'd handle it. If you trade Verlander, now you're looking at another piece you need to add to the rotation for this season. Obviously, this season is not the priority. You are right. Despite winning on Sunday, despite only being six or five games back, lost column wise in the wild card race, the reality is this team is very, very unlikely to go on a run. 
Though I, I do think they're going to be hot. I think they're going to be hot enough where we start daydreaming a little bit. What are you shaking your head about? I'm such a naive douche, aren't I? No, I, I don't <laughs> think you're wrong. That's the problem. I don't think you're wrong, but it's too freaking late. I want to drop an F-bomb right there. It's too freaking late. Like, there were so many... It's it's all it's been this season. It's been the inability to look at the big picture all season and say we need to be a little bit more aggressive and making some moves because this isn't working. And now we're gonna. It has to now happen. We have to say goodbye to some people, which means you're gonna have to play people that you didn't want to, that they didn't want to, and that's gonna be the spark plug. Yeah. And we can't be frustrated if this team does go on a run. We can't be because I think at this point, the Mets overall are probably making the wise decision on this season. I'll keep it at that more so than next season. They are making the wise decision on, you know what? It's very unlikely this team makes the playoffs. The percentages are very, very low that they're going to make the playoffs. You may as well try to replenish the farm system. But will it? will there come a point where – not having Robertson and even not having Max Scherzer cost this team a couple of games and then being three games out of the wild card race turns into five, six, and seven again? Probably. Probably. I, I as, a, as a diehard fan, and I've always been this way, whether it was the early 90s or the mid-2000s or whenever the Mets have been clearly bad, I always hold out hope. I do, as long as things are mathematically possible. Uh, in our fantasy league this season, I started selling two months ago because my fantasy team was rotten and I knew it. And I made a trade with Pete. I made a bunch of trades and I got all these draft picks back. And over the last few weeks, my team's made a run, like an odd run towards 500, which is nuts. And I think back and I'm like, "Eh, I have no regrets. Team wasn't going anywhere anyway, but it's fun sometimes when you make the run with less expectations. And all of a sudden the Mets have reset the expectations. We can't forget what they were coming into the season. They were huge coming into the season. They were a championship or bust coming into the season. But today on July 31st, July 30th, August 1st, the new expectations are this is two months of playing out the string. And if all of a sudden that turns into more of a race than we could have imagined, I'd have some fun at least. I I would. I'd have a little bit of fun. (laughs) <laughs> I'd have fun. And, and the funny thing is, so you and I would appreciate it more. The people, the diehards that will sit there will, and listen to the Rico every single episode will enjoy it more. But like the casuals, they'll miss out on it. And if we do make the playoffs, big F you to them. Big, it, the people like us that, that sit there for the last two months of the season that are live and breathe Mets baseball, it could potentially be a lot of fun. I, I'm trying to remember if how often, if ever, I've ever seen a sell-off team make the playoffs. The, the Yankees in 2016 didn't make the playoffs. They sold off Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman, and they went on a run, and they made things interesting. They didn't make the playoffs. We are living in a different world because there are three wildcard teams, so clearly more teams make the playoffs. So eventually, not that it will happen this year with the Mets, it likely won't. It's still 90% they don't make the playoffs, 95% probably. But one of these days, we are going to see a sell-off team make the playoffs. It's going to happen. And let me tell you something now, too. So the Mets are, quote-unquote, in sell mode. But it's like revamp mode, right? So we're going to – Scherzer, to me, was dead weight. He was terrible. Robertson was the only one that we both agree was you – could you he was more of an asset for this team no matter what. That being said, said though, like, 
Tommy Pham, Mark Canna leaving this team. If there is a spark plug from a uh, rookie or someone that we didn't know and they get some playing time, fantastic. But the other thing is guy, teams like the Chicago Cubs who went from about to sell to not being sellers, like there's teams that did nothing and maybe they're overvaluing over evaluating their team as like, oh, we can make a run with this, and they're not that good. And right. may, maybe that'll be beneficial for us. So I, I will disagree with your point about Scherzer. As much as we all will have a negative taste towards him, he is not dead weight because you're replacing him with, let's say, Tyler Miguel. And Max Scherzer, even in this state, is significantly better than Tyler Miguel. He is. So we have to be fair about who's replacing him in the rotation. That's a huge drop-off. Same with Robertson, which you acknowledged. Offensively, that could be different. Because if this is turning into an opportunity for Ronnie Mauricio, and Ronnie Mauricio comes up and picks up where he's left off basically all year, whether it was at AAA or whether it was in the winter ball or whether it was in spring training, then they could be significantly better. That's why I've always been a fan of, hey, I'd, I'd want to do a smart sell as the way I worded it last week, which is let me sell off some of these offensive pieces, some of these guys that I think I can replace and not be far worse. So I'm building my system a little bit, and I'm also giving myself that that random hope this team can win this year. Obviously, that hope is almost all but faded. I'll always say almost because you never know, (laughs) even though I'm pretty sure I don't. Uh, Let me get to some of your emails here on the Rico B, the Rico Brunia, RicoB at gmail.com. Samuel writes, Billy and Buck don't insult our intelligence. Now that the white flag on 2023 was proudly raised, why in the world did the lineup include Danny Mendick and Daniel Vogelback? Can we stop with this nonsense? Vientos and Mauricio should be playing every single day along with Beatty so we can try to start to evaluate what they are, including whether any are DH capable. This is basic, 100%. That needs to be a thing once this deadline passes. Enough of Daniel Vogelback, enough of DJ Stewart, Mauricio and Vientos should be, well, Mauricio should be up here, obviously, which is step number one. And step number two, Vientos has to play. Kyle writes, if Verlander is traded, which I think is now on the table, this is more of a rebuild than we would like to think. Essentially, having to fill out a rotation is major. We would have Senga and Quintana. That's it, in my opinion. No shot they give Vassal a look, and our depth guys from this year are AAA players. These guys will be pissed if Verlander is traded, and understandably so, since 2024 could be rough and full of unhappy core of players. I don't believe, because I'm going to trust what Cohen has said and even what Billy has said, that they are not punting, and I hate that term, 2024. The way Epler referred to it, and I thought this was such a BS answer, was the expectations for next year probably won't be as high in Vegas and from the media. Well, who cares? That doesn't matter. Yeah, the Mets are coming off a disappointing year. Of course, the expectations are going to be lowered. But the question is, are you going to try to win? Are you going to replace these rotation pieces that need to be replaced? If you go into opening day next year with a rotation of Senga, Quintana, Peterson, McGill, and, you know, one middle-of-the-road pitcher you add in free agency, then no, you you can't have championship expectations. But if you're going to spend big and you're going to try to get, whether it's one of the kids from Japan or it's Urias or obviously Otani or Sonny Gray, whoever you want to come up with, then that's different. That's different. And, And until proven otherwise, I believe that they will. 
Dan writes, I'm sure you've wondered the same thing. Evan's worst nightmare for 2023 has happened, and Robertson and now Max are both gone, and this team has become decisive sellers with an eye towards, we hope, contention in 2024, even if that. The trades made sense, if ultimately a little bit underwhelming. Robertson had elite value, and we capitalized. The Rangers may have overpaid for Max, but we don't know yet. Profiting off a bad season in some way is better than digging in with the same squad for 24, except a year older. But it's underwhelming because at the end of the flurry of activity the last few days, we still have no starting pitching prospects that we can use in 24. Perhaps that changes by the deadline, but we don't know. I can't get that excited for 24. Even if we sign free agent starting pitching that's much younger than Scherzer, Verlander, Quintana, we have no guarantee that McNeil and Marte will play up to their value and that Alonzo Alonzo and Lindor will stop hitting 220 and that Beatty will develop into a third baseman we need. Even if Verlander stays and pitches like he's been pitching lately, even if Senga continues to pitch like our one or two in the rotation, those question marks for 24 aren't answered. I'd like to get your thoughts on that at the deadline. All right, here are my thoughts on that. You're right. You're right in terms of I don't know about a lot of guys. When Jeff McNeil is coming off a year in which his batting average is down 75 points, it is absolutely fair to say, what is he in 2024? I don't feel that way about Alonzo and Lindor. They are, despite having, I guess in Alonzo's case, a down year batting average-wise, Pete Alonzo's going to have 40 home runs and driving 110 runs. That's still going to happen. Lindor is likely to hit 30 home runs and driving 100 RBIs. We can argue about where this season ranks compared to last year, but I don't view them as question marks. I view them as almost certainties because they go out and play every single day. But to your other points about McNeil being a question and Marte being a question, you're right. That's why when Epler says the expectations won't be as high for next year, yeah. But that doesn't mean the team can't win. A lot of teams come into seasons with questions. There's no doubt the Mets in 2024 are going to come into the season with a lot more questions from all of us. That doesn't mean you can't compete. They have to, and this is going to be the biggest question, they're going to have to add significant starting pitching. Their starting pitching was underwhelming this year, and they've already taken a step back by the trade that was made of Max Scherzer. 